You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 88. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. My guest on this episode is Dr. Maria Mora Pinzone. She is a preventive medicine and public health physician. Doctors in the specialty use research, epidemiology, quality improvement, and policy to promote health. And since they have full medical licenses, they are able to also diagnose and treat patients in a variety of settings. Dr. Pinzone is the president-elect of the Young Physician Section of the American College of Preventive Medicine, which is a medical organization where preventive medicine physicians like Dr. Penzone connect and obtain new tools and skills to advance their careers. And the purpose of the young physicians section is to identify the needs of the young physicians and develop initiatives to address those needs. Now, I first met Dr. Penzone when she reached out to me, invited me to speak to the physicians in this section and discuss various career opportunities in public health and ways to diversify their income. After learning more about the American College of Preventive Medicine, I thought it would be a great idea to invite her on the podcast to share her public health journey and also She shares some ideas about opportunities for collaboration between public health students and recent graduates, as well as the preventive medicine physicians. So let's join that interview now. So today I am very excited to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Maria Mora Pinzon. So Dr. Pinzon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Now, if you would just take time and tell the audience a bit about yourself, you know, your background and the work you've done previously, and a little bit about what you're doing now? My pleasure. So I'm a preventive medicine physician, and when I say that, I usually start with saying, yes, this is a real specialty. (laughs) Yes, we are board certified. And yes, we are uh, recognized by the American Board of Medical Specialties. Many people don't know about this specialty because we are not in the clinical setting, but we take care of the health of the populations and We use many tools in research, epidemiology, quality improvement, policy to promote health, and just making sure that everybody has uh, the best health that they could achieve. Many of us, we have full medical license. Some of us are in clinical settings. They see patients every day. Uh, I don't particularly don't see patients. My work is in the research area. I do research on how to create, how to disseminate, health promotion programs for older adults that could be done in community settings. Part of it is that we need to make sure that everybody has access to all the tools wherever they live. So that's the work I do. And before this work, I did a couple years of general surgery residency, and I was working full-time in clinical research, you know, like clinical trials and medication trials that kind of stuff. Oh, that's fascinating. And that is interesting because before I met you, I didn't realize that preventive medicine was a specialty. (laughs) So I guess I fall in that category with many people. So when did you become interested in public health? Well, as I told you before, I did a couple of years of general surgery. So during that time in my hospital, we got a lot of patients that were victims of trauma. So they had gunshots, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, 
and we gave the best care that we could. Many people recovered. They were discharged out of the hospital, but many came back again uh, with the same issues or the same issues presented every day. For me, it became an endless cycle that we were not really doing anything to prevent things. And the more I read about it, the more I noticed like public health is doing many, many awesome things to really prevent these things, to prevent falls, to improve the use of seat belts, to improve the use of helmets, that kind of stuff. So I really noticed that for me, what gave me joy was to prevent these events and making sure, and even if somebody already had an accident, make sure that they had all the tools that they needed after being discharged of the hospital. So I decided that for me, health and healthcare was more about that big picture thinking um, things that happen outside of the hospital. So looking about, okay, I have an MD, I have a year of um, internship under my belt. What can I do with this? And I found preventive medicine and public health, and it was the best decision of my life. Mm. I can really hear, you know, that you care so deeply about that. And it's great to be connected in a field that, that you are passionate about. What are some examples of um, your experience, um, you know, your, your achievements and accomplishments in public health? Well, just first a disclosure, if you hear a preventive medicine doc talk, you only hear one preventive medicine doc talk. We are in so many different places and doing so many different things that I always try to tell all my students, like, you can do with preventive medicine anything that you want. Mm. From my particular sort of pathway and accomplishments, I've been going from data sets and using data and information and public data sets to diagnose and identify problems. Um, then that's using the big data sets that we have available, like the behavioral risk factors survey, the PRAMS survey, just how to understand those data sets and get information out of them. But then I moved to, during my residency, try to explore a little more complex things. For example, try to link different data sets that we have available to see if we can get better information for our patients or the health of the state. I linked a cancer registry with a hospital discharge data set. Um, it was very interesting. I think it was uh, more of a feasibility study that we saw that we could do it and what it would be the time and effort requirements to do it. But I think this area is really growing up exponentially every day, and I'm looking forward to see what comes in the future. But even though I did that, I still felt like I need to be more like boots in the ground uh, just to do more things with patients or with individuals or with the communities. So I started to get more engaged in community participatory-based research and community-based research in general, just to hear about the things that the community needs and what are their solutions to the problems and how we can make those things happen using research and other tools in healthcare and public health. So now I'm working with a lot of community par- amazing community partners, um, designing new programs, and testing those programs to see if, first, if they improve health, two, what do we need to make them happen, and three, is how to connect those programs with somebody else. And I remember the day that I interviewed for preventive medicine, I told the program director at that time, I'm tired of seeing my results in a paper, 
and then nothing happens. If I research something and I publish it, I want to see that growing and make it to the people, make it standard, that people have access to it and that it really is going to change lives. So I think public health gave me not only the tools that I needed to do that, but also understanding the connections and who is doing what here in in my city and who is the best, who are the experts. I think in healthcare, we never think about how public health is an expert in identifying where there are issues. And it's been an amazing experience working with the communities and the experts and the stakeholders on creating new things. Mm, I like that too. I really, that resonates with many people, but I think it's important to see your work, your research, your results, your findings go beyond, like you said, the paper and into the community. I think that's great. What population or condition or, you know, public health problem are you most passionate about? Well, and this is the eternal discussion that I have with myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I like everything. Right. Um, but one thing that I'm really passionate about is health equity. And I've been trying to include that lens in everything I do. And making sure that other people around me also understand that, that everybody deserves a fair shot and everybody deserves a, the, the possibility to have the best health that they can achieve. And that sometimes is hard in certain populations and certain groups. For example, teenagers, they are either big kids or little adults, but they, a lot of people really don't give them like their spot. So there's a lot of issues in that area. But also, believe it or not, in older adults. We believe that older adults, oh, they already le- have, have left a long time. They know how things work. They know how to be, take care of themselves, but that's not the case. Somebody told me once, we don't get a manual when we grow, we get sick. We don't know how to do many things. We don't know that we are more at risk of falls. And those things affect the health of our seniors. And I think them, there are many things that particularly, for example, in the Latino community, that dementia, we don't talk about it. That does not exist. They are crazy, están locos. So those areas and how to make sure that everybody in every stage of their life can be as healthy as they can and we can eliminate the stigmas and the barriers for them to access healthcare and achieve the best health that they need, that is my passion. Mm, I like that. I like that. And you make really good points. I mean, you know, with the, the special community, the teenagers and with the elders, it's a really good point where some people would just sort of bypass, but other people may really pick up and be charged. And, you know, I really want to help this particular group because they are underserved, underrepresented. Yep. They don't have the voice. So what is the American College of Preventive Medicine? And I really want you to explain that for for the, for my audience and also, you know, Describe your role there. Sure. So each specialty has uh, like a medical organization where physicians of that specialty, so they sign up and they use that as a resource to grow, get skills and connect with other physicians. So the American College of Preventive Medicine is to preventive medicine physicians like the American Public Health Association is to public health practitioners. The, the, I think the main thing with the American College of Preventive Medicine is that we, and I say we because I'm part of one of the sections, but I'm going to that a little later, 
it's, it, we're trying to be the place where preventive medicine physicians and physicians that are interested in public health, we can connect and identify these intersections between health and public health and population health and give everybody the tools that they need to advance their career. I am the president-elect of the Young Physician Section. Uh, the college have many sections. They have one for students, one for residents. They have many interest groups, uh, like they have, for example, a global health interest group. They have an aging interest group. And for the young physician section, our job is to make sure that the needs of the young physicians are identified. Same thing as with teenagers. Young physicians, we are just getting out of residency. We just have finished our training. There are many things that we still don't know. We sometimes we are not really sure about the paths, the, how our, is going, our career to be in the next 10 years. Because preventive medicine is so varied and everybody is doing a little something different. Many of us are building our own paths. And I think with the young physician section, my job has been to try to identify what are the questions that our members have. What are the things that we could share with them to help them to identify the potential jobs that they could get and get the skills that they need to explore new opportunities? Many times, I think, our conversations narrow down to jobs. What do I need to do X job and what kind of jobs can I do? And that's why I got to your podcast once. It's like exploring different careers in public health and things that we have not think about. So that's my role as a president-elect of the Young Physician Section. Yeah, I think that what you're doing, the association, the work there is really important. And I appreciate when you reached out to me before because it gave me an opportunity to just chat for a little bit with the members of your section about some of the possibilities and some of the ideas. I think that one of the challenges is that there are so many options. You know, there are so many different directions that you can go. And sometimes people want just a list of, give me a list of 10 things I can do. When it really goes back to, and I say this all the time, but it really does go back to starting with what you care most about, being clear about those passion, those those populations, the causes and so forth that you care about. And then perhaps starting with what you would, how you would like to see the change and then start to explore the options in that direction. It's more of an ownership of that. And I do a lot of that in my coaching programs, but it makes a difference. It's sort of what you've described, you know, in, in your discussion here so far on this episode where you're talking about, you know, what you care about. Like, you know, you don't want to see your research just on paper it in there. You want to see it into the community and your involvement in the community. And then the ideas and options that will continue to, you'll explore in time in the future, will be an extension of what you already care about, what you're really clear about. And um, you are prepared for so many different directions that, you know, anyone in your section, in, in your situation, without having that level of clarity, it's just frustrating because you can do literally so many different things. But if you don't get that level of clarity, you'll just be frustrated. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I share that. I think that's uh, that's one of the things that we have trying to make get the message across. But again, as you said, a lot of people just want the list. Give me what I can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We'll keep working yeah. on them. 
<laughs> now, um, on that note, I'm, I'm going to ask you another question. Do you think there are opportunities for public health students or recent graduates to partner with preventive medicine physicians? You know, and if, if so, give some examples of, of how that's possible. Absolutely. I think, well, besides the obvious locations, many of us are in local health departments and other offices that uh, we can always partner with students that graduates and we do many similar things. Many of us are in academia. Some of us are working in public health schools. So that's the same. I think that what I would like to get across is that there are an amazing amount of opportunities in healthcare. And right now, after the Affordable Care Act was implemented, many of the hospitals were required to do health needs assessments. And many were like, how do I do that? And that's where public health uh, graduates and students have been extremely helpful for, especially the small clinics or small hospitals, to not only identify the needs of their communities, but also to create and develop new programs to take care of population health. And many hospitals are now creating these population health department or prevention offices, community health offices, population management offices. Those keywords are places where a public health student or recent graduate can really get a lot of experience because that's only you saying we're using public health tools to make change in our healthcare system uh, or the population that comes to our healthcare system. Some of these departments may or may not have physicians, and this is one. That's one of the areas where preventive medicine physicians were also been trying to highlight. Like, hey, we are awesome to do this job. We are the perfect of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But I think we need more public health representation on those departments. And many hospitals are trying to reinvent the wheel and do things that public health has been doing for several years. I mean, for decades. So I think those are a great opportunity. And the best way to always collaborate is networking. Find a connection. Do you know anybody there? If you don't know anybody there, and this is my personal tool, it's like send an email. Ask somebody. Um, look at the, these keywords that I told you before, population health, community health, population management, preventive offices. Those are sort of keywords that could direct you to opportunities that you don't know you might not know yet, but they might be great for you. Oh, I like that. I really like that because, um, again, we're on the same page on so many of, of these issues. I, I think that people are underestimating the power of networking and how you can be creative uh, in, in how you approach and reach out. But really, it's just a matter of connecting. Like you said, send an email, you know, Ask the questions, you know, make the connections, offer your services. I mean, start to have the conversations with the people in these in these areas. And I also like that you emphasize the the potential uh, opportunities that exist between healthcare and public health. I have myself having a background in healthcare. There was a point where I thought I had to sort of sever that to move into public health. And everybody's trying to get away from their healthcare background to move into public health. But you really have to look at it as your superpower. If you have experience in healthcare and you are trained in public health, that's almost a superpower. You really need to start to maximize that understanding of both worlds and be able to fill the gap. You can identify the gap a little faster, like you said, with 
healthcare trying to almost reinvent the wheel, um, someone with that eye for both can step in and say, raise your hand and say, hey, I can help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I um, I appreciate you taking the time and, and, and chatting with me about this and sharing this information. Um, I think that it's important, uh, you know, for me in the podcast, one of the goals is to highlight the various opportunities that exist in public health. And I am always fascinated when I learn of how people are using the ways that they're using their public health education. So I really appreciate you coming on the, the podcast and talking about your experience and your background and your your journey and and, the, and discussing these opportunities. I, I really hope that other people are listening and the wheels are turning, they're thinking and, and they're getting a little bit more creative. Um, so thank you for, for doing that. I really appreciate that. No, thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity. And I always love to talk about my specialty. So thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. I can hear it in your voice when you start to talk. I think everybody can hear that. So that's that's energizing to hear you have that passion for what you do. So again, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I'll be in touch again soon. Sounds good. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Pinzone. She had some great ideas about ways to reach out and collaborate with preventive medicine physicians, and I hope that many of you are inspired to take action. Thank you, Dr. Pinzone, for being my guest on this episode. Now, the links to connect with her can be found on the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 88. So just visit my website, drchuntley.com, and that's D-R-C-H-H-U-N-T-L-E-Y. Dot com. Once you're there, click on podcast from the main menu and then just navigate to episode 88 and you'll find the show notes and the links to connect with her. So have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Well, be sure to click on that subscribe button and right where you are, it may be the purple button if you're in iTunes. It usually is purple and that way you'll get the newest episodes delivered directly to your mobile device as soon as they are released. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.